FM Rewind, Bow eighty eight point one, Area Code. Prof, how are you? I am good. I am also good. Thank you so much for honoring our invite and for joining us in this moment. Um, uh, there's quite a number of things in which I would love to ask you, right? Up until now, we haven't really gotten, you know, a, 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 an overview of how the Climate uh, Change Response Fund will be working. Do you have any idea or do you, you know, um, are you able to at, at this moment simulate maybe an idea on how the fund might possibly work? Uh, at the moment, I I do not have the fine details, but at M- M- at MUT, as you may be aware, uh, this year in July, as from the first to the fourth of July, we'll be hosting um, the Energy, Water, Food, and Climate Nexus Summit, uh, which will be held in Devon. In fact, this will be the first of its kind in Africa, let alone South Africa in Devon. Uh, so part of the discussion will include uh, issues related to climate, as we are aware that in South Africa we are grappling uh, with the challenges related to energy, water, food and climate. How important is it that, you know, such a fund is therefore um, developed? Because now, um, you know, quite the amount of money has been raised in order to also form part of the fund uh, to also allow for us to have, you know, a just energy transi- uh, transition. And so, you know, how important is the development of this fund? And what will it mean then, you know, for um, energy and the use of energy here in South Africa? And even so, the response to, you know, um, adverse effects of global warming and climate change? Um, it, it is it, 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 it's very important, and we are all excited that at least we have the funding that has been ringfenced to deal with this issue, especially in in our province in KZN, as we are aware that we now and again we have uh, these floods uh, that affect um, the the province immensely as a result. Uh, we even some people lose their lives. Uh, we we, and, and, and again, the, the climate is impacts in all aspects of our lives. So I am of the view that this funding will be of, of, of great importance. Thank you so much for also sharing some of those insights. What are some of the most important things that we should maybe um, look out for, especially when it comes to, um, you know, um, um, not just only the fund, but what are some of the most important things to look out for when, we th- when we're having conversations about climate change and maybe some of the adverse effects? You know, what are things, you know, that remain very central um, to the conversation? I mean, we have figured out that, you know, we do need a response fund, um, you know, to, to, to cater to the needs in which maybe people, a lot of people will be having as a result of the adverse effects um, of climate change. But what are some of the things that are very central to this conversation that people should always be thinking about whenever they think about climate change and how we respond to it? As I indicated, climate change, it affects all of us. Um, It affects our lives. So when we think of climate change, we should not only think of the weather changes, but we we should also think of safe water, we should also think of sustainable energy, we should also think of food security because climate change affects also the farmers who play a very important role uh, in cultivating uh, food for us. So we, we need to think of, of, of all that. But the most important thing is that we this funding should create or prevent new opportunities to advance a science-based enterprise which aims at uh, sustainable solutions for safe water, sustainable energy, 
food security and climate resistance. I think we need to use part of this money to have conversations uh, so that we could come up with a stra- with strategies uh, that will assist us to address all these issues. Oftentimes, uh, people on the ground are often alienated, you know, from coming up with solutions and participating really in how, you know, we, we solve these problems. Usually it becomes an academic thing um, whereby we invite professors as we should. They are the most, you know, informed and, you know, they're doing their research um, on such issues and such and such. But what can then people on the ground, you know, um, engage or how can they engage um, in, in response to climate change? What should they be doing and how should they be doing it? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Fortunately for us in higher education institutions, uh, part of the three pillars of, uh, of, of our core business is community engagement. So I think as universities, we need to play a very important role in ensuring that we engage with our communities at, 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 at grassroots level. Because in most cases, when such funding is made available, we often think of seasoned researchers, we often think of uh, seasoned academics, but then we forget about the communities which, the communities that bear the brunt of all these challenges that, that I've spoken about. So I think as, as, as higher education institutions, we need to ensure that we also collaborate, we also consult with our communities at the current level. Thank you then so much for engaging with us in this conversation. I mean, you've shared quite wonderful insights, especially more so on how, you know, the community um, can be able to engage and what maybe the fund might be able to do and can help do um, when it comes to our just energy transition and also responses to the adverse effects of climate change. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thank you so much and thank you to your your listeners. Mm-hmm. That is a conversation that we just wrapped up with Prof. Noctula Spia, who is, you know, the Deputy Vice Chancellor for Research, um, you know, and she was speaking to us just now um, about, you know, the Climate Change Response Fund and uh, the work that it is meant to do and how then, you know, the community can also engage with us. Because oftentimes, even here, you know, it's something that I also noticed. Oftentimes, we speak, you know, on such a high level and it is, you know, given us, you know, it is our right to also speak on such a high level because we are to some extent experts we are you know people who are heading these conversations and so when we speak we must speak as though we know you know the things in which we're speaking about right we know and we are heading these conversations with such intentionality right and as we do we are right to do so as we were very right to do so. But the most important thing is how do people on the ground, why is this conversation relevant to them? Why should you know they participate? And why should they know about the things in which we're telling them? And what can they do even more so about some of the things in which you know we, get, we come into detail to them that this is what is happening in the world and this is how you come in. And so it is quite important for us to have these conversations time and time again to actually break it down for them so that you know the people who might not have the expertise, who might not have PhDs or even just degrees at least, you know, uh, to understand that, you know, there's quite an important role that they also play in these conversations that we do have right here on. Area code. FM Rewind. File 88.1.